0: Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, Red Raiders and Longhorns on the way. But first, we flash back to a season ago and a wild one in Lubbock. Also looking ahead to the battle for Atlantis. A trident up for grabs for Grant McCaslin and the Texas Tech men's basketball team. We're into it all next on Locked On Texas Tech. You
1: are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We're going to start this thing off right. Raiders! Rush Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks as always to those making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.comslash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks at prizepicks.comslash locked on college. Daily fantasy sports made easy. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to see you again, man. And we begin to look more deeply into the future today. Well, on one phase, a little bit more immediate as we got hoops to consider. It's the battle for Atlantis. Did you know it was up for grabs? And Grant McCaslin and the Red Raiders have a shot at bringing it back home. I think the trophy possibly comes with a trident. We're getting you ready for day sports coming up in just a moment. Also, looking ahead to this 2023 variety of Red Raider and Longhorn football matchup. But wanted to kick off the conversation today, Chris, actually looking back to a season ago, because it was one of the wilder and woolier ball games that we saw last year between the Red Raiders and Longhorns. And there, I'm Sure, some different things sticking out for this fan or that fan or this broadcaster or that broadcaster. But, you know, one of the things that I remember from that one uniquely unto itself, maybe within like the entirety of my football watching history, six for eight. Do you remember what those numbers were tied to? That was the Red Raider success rate on fourth down. And part of why you were able to pull off that win. I don't know if we see so much risk taking on Friday but that was just one part of a fun and wild day at Jones stadium, a season to go is you got to win.
1: This was when we kind of started to learn, you know, and I have lots of conversations with coach McGuire about this and the book and the analytics, the thought process. It's been kind of fascinating to me. It, 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 it drove people crazy at times last year, but this was a, a Saturday last year that people were like, "Oh, keep rolling the dice, man. This is a lot of fun, you know." And then it's it's a it's a Saturday like last Saturday when you go zero for two on fourth down, and people are like, "What are we doing? I mean, what, what is going on?" Like the the uh, again, if you're gonna do it, you got to do it. Um, and and uh, obviously, we have seen them go off script a bit. Uh, the the Kansas game this year prime example when you get into a field position battle and you go okay the numbers say this is a go and they they don't they they trot number 31 out there and let Austin McNamara punt it and they don't but yeah I mean you you I don't want to say that you won that game solely because of your your fourth down conversion rate last year but if, you know, I mean, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, it's the, the season of, of, of pie, whether it be pumpkin, pecan, whatever, whatever your choices are. But if we if we want to split that up into a, a pie and say, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 percent of the pie should be given credit to fourth down conversion rate. I don't know. I mean, I think you could get into uh, quite a bit of that pie. Uh, you yeah, know, that's a big. But, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but uh, I yeah that was uh, I, and I just remember running off the field and I talked to Joey and I talked to Zach Kitley and I was interviewing him for the radio broadcast and I mean Zach Kitley just comes running by going analytics baby I mean it just <laughs> it just worked and it worked a lot and on um, that particular day and I it's funny you say that about y- you know you don't know if they'll gamble as much on, well, I mean, and, and this is one where, because I think, I think the numbers are, are close to this. I, I don't, don't hold me directly to exactly the the stats, but I think you're right around like this season. I think you've converted, you know, somewhere between 55 to 65% of your fourth downs, So it's, it's somewhere in that range. Um, it, and I say 55, I dropped a little bit because I think after the 0 for two last Friday, I think it, it or last Saturday, excuse me, it, it drops just a, a little bit. But I, I, I think you were close to like 65, maybe and close to 70 percent before whatever. Anyway, so you're in the sweet spot. Um, but I, I think you've scored somewhere close to 70 points when on drives, when you've gone for it on a fourth down on those drives. I think you've also on drives that you didn't convert a fourth down, you've only given up like 20, you know, I, you know, like they're they're 20 ish. So I I think the numbers are heavily in your favor on, on some of these things. It's a credit to your defense. It's a credit to finishing off drives uh, and all that. But I do think uh, this Friday night, I think you would have a reason to be aggressive. Screw it. I mean, what do you have to lose? at this point, what what ultimately do you have to lose? You know, yesterday's show, we talked a lot about different bowl scenarios, but this is a game on Friday, you're going to have to go win it. You can't, you're not backing into anything. If you're going to sit there and play, you know, field position a lot of the time with these guys, I'd be careful about that. I think you're playing with fire. There's, you know, there's just too much skill and too much speed and too much playmaking on their end of it to get into that kind of game. Now you'll have to feel the game and, uh, and and kind of see what you get into a little bit there. But I, I just think that you're going to have to go win it. So are you going to go for it eight times? I can't say that, but I bet you're not conservative.
0: Mm, Interesting. Cause that does tie into a question. I, I wanted to ask you uh, in just a moment, but you know, one of those slices of the pie, Donovan Smith going and taking it. see, Sir Roderick Thompson going and taking it. Miles Price with a career high, I think, still to this point. Uh, 13 catches against the Longhorns going and taking it. Trey Wolf doing his thing with a game winner, but also a few before that going and taking it. So there was there's a whole lot, just like a guess in every game, that you could attribute success to, whether luck or risk-taking or, or whatever it might be. But as you get into this point in the season, Chris, I, I do kind of wonder, and it doesn't have to only – I guess show itself in you know a fourth down attempt or something like that. There are other uh, ways that can come about, but as you sit here, regular season finale, UT still got it all on the line as far as postseason opportunity, whether it's conference or beyond, obviously. And Texas Tech would seemingly be the team that is playing with nothing to lose, as you already said, no pressure whatsoever. So I do wonder, does that lead to more risk taking? Does it not? And is risk-taking, you know, more so these fourth-down attempts? Is it trick plays you're pulling out of the bag or or different types of things like that? Um, I don't know. I I wonder if maybe just as a fan, I kind of read some of those things into it, but it's not actually, you know, the way it's going on inside the building as you prepare. But, you know, the pressure aspect of this game you would definitely think is going to be a factor because it's got to be so dramatically different from one team to the other. First, today's episode brought to you by... Prize Picks, the most exciting way to test your skills and play daily fantasy sports and a great way to add juice to any game anytime. And if you've got the game, you can turn 10 bucks into 250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and a giant selection of players, projections, and stat categories are just part of what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepickscom college. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, right now, prize Picks is going to match your first deposit up to $100 with the promo code locked on college at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Daily fantasy sports made easy. You know, the pressure aspect of this game. You would definitely think is going to be a factor because it's got to be so dramatically different from one team to the other.
1: Yeah, and I want to bring up—you mentioned Donovan Smith, uh, who was a big factor in the red zone and in overtime and and all these different things in that game last year. That's why. That's exactly why I bring up um, a semi-different skill set when we were doing yesterday's show about like when you bring in an additional player plural, uh, at the QB position that maybe is a bit different than what you have on campus because of that very reason. I think that you want to kind of, you know, it, it'd be nice to have a guy that it was built like Donovan that you you trusted to throw it and that can do some things at a different position as well uh, that could run it, that could catch it. I don't know, whatever, because it, it put defenses in a bind on some of those things uh, at the tail end of last year when you had Donovan healthy, and then you obviously had Chuck and or Baron healthy uh, too. So I think that's a great point that you make as far as like risk-taking, you, you know, I, I think uh, because Texas really has all the pressure, they have uh, all the pressure on them. I, I think they have to win to punch their ticket. I think, there's some scenarios where if they lose, they still go, but it's going to depend on other other uh, people doing their part and various upsets and all that. There's actually a few Big 12 teams. I think both of the Oklahoma schools may be actually rooting for Texas the way the scenario works. Uh, I don't know if, it would, if an Oklahoma fan can ultimately bring themselves to root for the Horns, but I think that that improves their chances. I think because, I mean, if Oklahoma State and Texas win, they're in period there's no, nothing uh, about it I think if if Texas were to lose um, and Oklahoma State were to win they're in and I think uh, you know Texas would need um, you know Oklahoma to uh, I don't think it's kind of cloudy but there, there's some it's a jumbled mess is what it is but um, <laughs> only four teams I think have a possibility of actually making it and Kansas State being the other but um, I I you, you know, you talk about risk-taking, and I, I do. I think it. I think you have to be smart. I think it has to be well-conceived and well-timed. Whether it works or not, we can argue, well, that wasn't the right time, or that was a beautiful call. That's just kind of the way it works. Um, Central Florida was a prime example last week with the fake field goal. They got you. Um, and it was a perfect time early in that game, and it, and it kind of told you what their thought process was. In that we're, we got to come win this game. We can't back into this deal. You know they they knew they needed seven, not three. I think that's why Gus on at the end of the half, as botched as it was, they weren't wanting wanting to have to settle for three. They were desperately trying to get to the end zone, and and score touchdowns and not settle for field goals. And then they and maybe we know why because the their kicker doinked another one. I just know this: you you are not going to beat Texas kicking a bunch of field goals. You know, if you if you think uh, scoring 16 points like you did in Lawrence and Gino Garcia was three or four and you you survived it, I just don't think that's a quality plan against Texas. Maybe you could do it. Maybe it would work. Odds tell me, whoo, that's uh, that's just not going to be anywhere near uh, enough. You're going to have to score touchdowns. And with that, yeah, maybe you do take some chances on, on converting a fourth down. Maybe you do take some chances on – a fake here or there maybe you do kind of roll the dice a bit and get really aggressive I mean and it and and even then it's not going to be easy Texas is phenomenal on defense especially up front that's the scariest thing for me analyzing this game coming into this one getting Taj Brooks going or or whatever on a on a fourth and short or whatever it may be because I think I think they're, they're a handful up front, but I think you're going to have to take some chances and get really aggressive. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? Texas may do this as well. They may show up and say, we we have got to, I want to send a message to our team. We're not going to play this one safe. We're going to go try to grab it, win it, put it away early, whatever it may be. But yeah, you could see a, a, a battle of uh, of aggressiveness, if you will, for different
0: reasons. Yeah, and we'll get into this a little bit further on game day as we get you ready for kickoff on the other side of Thanksgiving. But for you mentioned it right there, for all the talk of the explosion they have or the explosiveness they have at uh, some of the skill positions, I really, <clears throat> you know, I hate to break it to you, but after 100 years of football, I think I'm going to tell you again in 2023, the trenches <laughs> is where this thing can be won or lost because of what UT can do, not only up front defensively, but. Uh, clearly some things they're able to do along that offensive line as well, but there's a whole lot to consider whenever you're thinking about trying to limit uh, what Texas is going to do on either side of the ball, and we'll continue to consider such things on Friday's episodes. We'll get you ready for that Friday night kickoff. Before we are out of here today, let's make a hard pivot and hit the hardwood, Chris, because the battle for Atlantis is almost upon us. First, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new hire can feel like a huge gamble. And when we're talking about your business or livelihood, that's not ideal. But never fear. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help by finding the best qualified candidates available fast and for free, all on one easy to use and secure platform. With simple but specific targeting tools allowing you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to consider. They go beyond just resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their 870 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates faster than anyone else. So go to LinkedIn.com slash college today to identify the most qualified candidates and connect with them fast and for free. Just like a bad hire could sink your ship, the right hire could take your business to new heights this year. And it's no coincidence that small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So post your job for free today at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. It's so easy, even a Big 12 ref could do it. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. To post your job for free today with LinkedIn Jobs. Terms and conditions apply. Let's make a hard pivot and hit the hardwood, Chris, because the battle for Atlantis is almost upon us. You're not even a basketball fan. You don't even care about Atlantis. Fine. This is still for you because it's day sports. Surely you like an opportunity to have a lunchtime beer, and Tech Hoops is going to give you that uh, coming up. So there's some things here to consider that obviously are left to be determined. Depending upon winning or losing, uh, you're going to get something like North Carolina or Northern Iowa. So there's some resume-building aspects to this, Chris, that fans, I guess, can consider. But I know Tech is just trying to figure out a way to get a win, beginning with Villanova. So where do we start the conversation whenever it gets to that point? Because the Red Raiders so far, a couple of outings that have been interesting certainly have included a whole lot of adventure. I want to credit some of the opponents, but it's still so early on with teams like AM uh, Commerce, among others, <clears throat> trying to figure out what they're going to be. Don't know what to make of Tech just yet. Meanwhile, you got Villanova starts the season ranked. They get knocked off by Penn. Have struggled in uh, some ball games since then, but have won. So I'm curious to see what the Red Raiders have here. I don't know if anyone's expecting them to win. Not sure they're a favorite. I haven't seen the number. Um, But I don't know. Tech may have an opportunity to pull one off to open this thing up and then really set themselves up with something interesting possibly in game two. But got to get past the Wildcats first. Yeah, you,
1: you're you're going to be severely tested uh, on these three days. It doesn't matter win or lose each time. Uh, there's a there's a this is a loaded field because yeah, you're in the you're you're in one side of it with Villanova, North Carolina, and Northern Iowa. On the other side, I think is Stanford, Arkansas, Michigan, and Memphis. So look out. Um, everybody's got players. Everybody, for the most part, will be well coached. Everybody. Is going to be for the most part still trying to figure out who they are, what in the heck their team is. Uh, everybody's going to be somewhat flawed, but talent, uh, you know, and the MTE, the, the multi team event, as it's called in the, in college basketball, th- this has become a bit of a cottage industry. And, and this is, there's a lot of focus around Thanksgiving and, and in early December and around Christmas on you know, Maui and, uh, you know, obviously the Bahamas and Kansas City, I think Brooklyn, all parts. Um, And because there was even one in the Bahamas last week and Grant McCaslin's team uh, against North Texas, they actually played in the Bahamas uh, at a different event last year because it goes on a week before Thanksgiving. But, you, you know, and various teams kind of attack these things differently some really enjoy the trip. Some are solely focused. Some kind of split, the, like kind of try to get the best of both worlds. I, I knew from talking to Grant uh, after uh, the game versus AM Corpus Christi last week, um, it, it was very much our goal is to go win three games. That is our sole focus. We'll worry about how cool the Bahamas are, or how you know, good looking the ocean is, or. How cool the resort is! The the you know after that third game and uh, n- none of these games are going to be easy. When, when you turn on the TV today and you start watching Tech and Villanova, you're going to notice uh, th- they're going to play in like this. Uh, I've been to Atlantis several times, never for this event, but I've been to I've been there with my family uh, more than once, and they play this game in like a banquet hall uh, or like a, a banquet room, maybe I don't know how you want to say it. The lighting will be strange. Uh, it's it's very it's it's weird uh, the optics of it when you're looking at it on TV. It's not necessarily easy on the eyes when you're watching this bad boy. The, the sight lines from a shooting standpoint are a bit tricky, uh, but it it always has a loaded field. Um, and, and I think from your standpoint, there's two things. If you do these, you're gonna you're gonna have a chance, and you must do them better than you have. I guess is why I say this. You gotta shoot, shoot it better. You know, I just don't know if you can continue to live getting to the free throw line 29 times like you did uh in, in one of your first games. Um you, you know, you've you've had you've hovered around the 16, 17, 18 turnover number. You can't do that in, against these kinds of teams uh and 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 live to tell about it. You know, Villanova's gonna come in at three and one. They dropped a game at Penn. Uh, they, they bounce back and then they beat Maryland. I think it was this past Friday night, uh, held Maryland to something like 40 points maybe, or somewhere around in there. So, you know, Kyle Neptune is in his second or third season. I think after he took over for Jay Wright, he's one of the youngest coaches in the, in the country. He's only 38 years old. Uh, but Villanova's got, they've got, they've been ranked in the top 25 at points already in the preseason. There'll they'll be a handful uh, and they'll they'll be skilled, uh, and so that's why I say you've got to knock down shots and then take care of the basketball. Um, but it's again, you'll see what I mean when when you turn it on. It's a weird look, and it's going to be weird to play in this deal. But everybody does. It. I mean, last year I think Kansas and Tennessee were in this deal. Um, I mean, it's always a, a loaded feel like the Maui one is, but it's just it's a different like venue to try to play in. So, but uh, this is what you're tasked with. So we'll see what happens.
0: I know we're only a few games in, but where do you think Coach McCaslin is with um, you know his rotation or how deep into the bench? Uh, you know, you'd kind of like to think now that some of these games really get tight, but hell, we've already been in some tight games, so it's not like there's been a whole lot of garbage time to tinker with or anything like that. But where do you think we are personnel-wise as far as far as some of those guys in their usage?
1: You you go seven deep, and then the question mark comes, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and you 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 desperately need. You, you know, you need an eighth guy, and I don't know who that is. I mean, it, it's behind Warren Washington, you, you've got EY and then Robert Jennings. Both of them are, have gotten spot minutes. I think both of them at times show you some flashes, but they also at times look like the game's still moving a bit too fast for them. Yeah. I think uh, this is where, like, the Curran Walton and Demarion Williams – I don't want to say misses uh, when bringing them in, but that these are the two that really need to be helping you. And I just don't know if they can either guard well enough or bring you enough. But again, Kerwin's gotten a few chances this year. Uh, I think that, you know, it's pretty clear Kyron Lindsay and kind of Drew Steffi are kind of more red shirt candidates as opposed to being able to be in this conversation, but you need somebody else to kind of, step up here and, and and be able to offer up uh some help um yeah. because those are the those are the other six guys and, and uh, other than the seven that are either starting and then chance mcmillan and lamar washington has have both come off the uh the bench and they will continue to be in that group of top seven uh but it, it's it's Man, it, it's gotta come from Kerwin or DeMarion, and then your post minutes, backup post minutes, are gonna come from one of those two bigs, but you just boy, you just desperately could use somebody like Kerwin or DeMarion to really come on and and all that. But I mean, you just haven't seen them a lot, and there's a reason for that, I think. Um yeah, you know, so sure. yeah, I mean, and maybe now you go seven deep. I don't know. I don't know what to expect, or kind of that's gonna be dictated by the score or or foul trouble and things like that. But I think even, even if Warren Washington is in foul trouble or you want to change the look, I think you'll see uh, coach McCaslin actually go small and put David Cambridge and let him guard the post a little bit uh, and then just go small and, and skilled. And you could even see that lineup quite a bit against a team like Villanova,
0: especially. Man, uh, just real quick, before we wrap it up, we're talking about the back end of the rotation. One thing on the other end of the rotation, I'd, I'd love to see continue here is, uh, a flourish by Chance McMillan, who we saw recently oh, yeah. uh connect. You've been alluding to some of his shots starting to fall. Well, they did. And uh man, would be what the doctor ordered, I think, if we could continue to see him to make an impact uh scoring-wise coming up this week.
1: He he can score. He's gonna play for you. He's gonna and, and at some point in the year, it's not gonna surprise me if he starts a bit or or whatever. But I think right now they want a lot of juice off the bench. I think it makes a lot of sense to bring him off the bench in that role, whether he's playing the, you know, on the ball or off the ball in a, in a wing scenario. Uh, I, yeah. Chance McMillan is going to be one of your main guys all year. Um, and he's going to be, while he doesn't start, I bet he's in the game a lot of the times when it ends. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think he's kind of a, a three level scorer and I think you don't have just a ton of those. Uh, I, you know, I, I love to see, speaking of Cambridge, I really want to see him kind of get going a bit too and be a little more, not not be more consistent, but see if he can build on some consistency uh, and, and and things like that. Uh, because I think and and I think we saw Darian Williams really factor in uh, against A uh, and M Corpus Christi on the glass. I thought it was a sneaky double double for him. Um, he 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 kind of comes off. His facial expression is it's almost casual, like in that he's not having to strain for this. There's not a lot of emotion. He's pretty you know, locked in and, and kind of, you know, even keel. And that's why his his 10 points, 14 rebounds the other night were so almost like, huh, I didn't even really pay attention to this as it was happening because it comes off as kind of casual. But, like, you know, the, the Cambridges, the Williamses, the McMillans, those guys have to, uh, to do their part um, because you know Pop's going to get his shots – Joe Toussaint's going to be in there, your best on-ball defender. And then we know Warren is going to be one of your most important or valuable players all season just because of what he brings and not a lot of other than that on the roster. Like, if you know, it's like there's not a whole lot behind him proven as we've sat here and talked about. So
0: yeah.
1: um, got to keep him out of, out of foul trouble and healthy.
0: Appreciate all that, Chris. Great insight there. And uh, we got one more this week before we call it a weekend, as we'll get you set for Red Raiders and Longhorns on the other side of the holidays. So take a break for a day from soaring with the Eagles to go run with the turkeys. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to the level household. Uh, Chris, appreciate the time as always. And we'll get back together on the other side to uh, get ready best, for Red Raiders and Longhorns. Best Thanksgiving side dish for you. Uh, stuffing, dressing, whatever you call it. I don't know. And to me, that is, that is a main event. I hate to even call it a side dish.
1: <laughs> favorite. Okay. Favorite kind of pie.
0: Favorite kind of pie. Oh, well, so I, I go with what's allotted, right? And okay. historically there's been a cheesecake available. So I've been okay. pretty heavy that, on the cheesecake. Hey, I don't know if hey, that qualifies as a
1: pie. Absolutely. <laughs> it does, man. I had, uh, I had Joseph Adairay tell me that earlier this week. I Let's asked go. him and he's like, cheesecake, man. I'm like, Hey, sold. I mean, uh, yeah, if it's I good think, enough for a defensive lineman, it's good enough for all of us. I think I'm going uh, green bean casserole, uh, which is some people are like love it or hate it uh, type deal. And then I, I think I'm a, I'm a pumpkin as long as there's some whipped cream involved. <laughs> if it's just plain pumpkin, I'm out. But whipped all cream right. is going to be in, uh, involved there. And
0: so. these are hints that we're <laughs> dropping for any loyal viewer or listener that'd like to drop a hope-
1: holiday gift. I hope everybody enjoys the holiday tomorrow get some time yeah. with your family. Uh, I'll be traveling with the team. I won't, I won't really get this experience, unfortunately, but I hope, I uh, hope you do and, uh, enjoy the time with your family Cowan and everybody else out there. Thank you for listening to us uh, throughout these uh, last several months. Enjoy some time with your family and some football, go Cowboys. That's um, right. yeah. And, uh, down with the commanders and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you, uh, <laughs> On uh, I guess,
0: what would that be Friday morning? Yeah, Friday morning. We'll get back together before kickoff for a game day edition as we get set for Tech and UT from Austin. For Chris, I'm Casey. Thanks again for joining us for another round. Happy Thanksgiving and hope to see you back for the next one on Locked On Texas Tech.